spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Welcome to the 180th Annual Subliminal Obsession Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Uh, not doing too bad. We had the first snowstorm of the year. Ugh. Nice old, I think it was eight inches. So that was fun dealing with that. Very cold. Uh, very cold today. I think it was like 15 degrees out. So you remember what that's like. Yeah, sadly, I do. So it's been pretty cold here in the mornings, but it warms up in the afternoons pretty well. So it was uh, decent out, probably like 80. The bad thing is you don't get a lot of sun here during uh, the winter. It's just like everywhere else. So even though it's warm, you're not really getting quite as much sun as you're used to. That uh, seems weird, but I can uh, I can understand it. What I wanted to talk about here, Phil. So basically, when I was with you, we were a lot watching a lot of documentaries, right? Yeah. And then I was like, well, since I got home, I'm like, well, there's a lot I wanted to catch up on that I had been neglecting. So I'm watching a bunch. And have you ever watched one called The Devil Next Door? I've I've heard about it. A couple of people at work told me I need to watch it. Is that the one with... Who is it? Who is it of? So basically... The story is they get this information from the KGB pinpointing Nazis that are alive in America, basically. And they they arrest this one guy who's apparently this just sick fucking Nazi guard at one of the concentration camps named Ivan the Terrible. And they think this old man is him. And it's basically them taking him to Israel to stand trial and he's about to get hung, and uh, in all of that, it's quite good. You're never really sure if it's actually him or not. Was it Mossad who came over and got him? Uh, um, Israeli intelligence? No. Oh, okay. The, America couldn't prosecute him because he didn't commit any crimes against America, so they basically deported him, took his citizenship away, <laughs> deported him, <laughs> dropped him off in Israel, and said, here, you take care of him. <laughs> Fuck him. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> It's but the guy's such like a big kind of oaf that it's like he I don't know either he is a bad guy or he just is kind of simple and doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, well, I mean, if the KGB pinpointed, you know, put a spotlight on you, you know, you probably had maybe something to do with it. His hands can't I mean, they can't be completely clean. Maybe some of the stories are fabricated. I'll have to watch that one. Um, in my mind, I was thinking that that was the one about two brothers who kept those women imprisoned for like 15 years. I don't know if I've seen that one. No, no, it's just the story. That's what I thought it was about. But I, I was I'm thinking sure. of a different story. That's basically what I'm saying. No, this obviously that does happen. But no, this is about it's basically like this guy who's upstanding citizen he's goes to church yada 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 and then they're claiming that he's like one of the sickest concentration camp guards in that saying something you know considering the term concentration camp guard and he's the worst of them <laughs> like that's saying something so it's really it's really strange yeah. yeah, among all the guards, he's considered the ace of spades in that yeah. deck, basically. Yeah. The absolute worst. Yeah, it's. I think it's pretty good. I think it's worth uh, worth checking out. Yeah, I might have to give it a watch. That sounds pretty good. Ooh, one quick thing, and then you go into your story here. I think my time around you did something to me as well, because I saw the Battle for Japan docuseries on there, and you better <laughs> believe I fired that bad boy up. Oh, yeah. No, my uh, so my Netflix is a little fucked up now. 
basically my top category is anime. So all <laughs> of the anime that I've never seen on net, I've never seen anime on Netflix before, but basically like a whole line of it popped up. So I watched two episodes at your house. Yeah, Netflix is pretty hungry, though, for like whenever you watch anything a little bit different, it'll you know, it'll try to get you to watch the rest of it. So, by the way, I, if you haven't seen the battle for Japan, it, it's pretty good. Yeah, I've, I've pretty much seen all of those documentaries on Netflix, but there are some pretty good ones. I will actually say uh, World War Two from space. If you ever catch that documentary, great documentary. Really? Yep. Basically, it gives you a satellite view of all of the battles of World War Two, uh, Germany and you know Japan. So. I the one I think that's on my to do list next is World War Two in color. I I oh, want to watch that. That's a good one. I yeah, need to watch that's that. a really good one too. So what I wanted to talk about just a little bit here. I don't know what exactly happened. I'm glad that the you know the fucking white trash here held out until you left. So it, this place didn't look quite so bad. But the moment that you left, this place fucking turned to shit. This apartment <laughs> complex that I lived in. Okay. Basically, I woke up the Saturday morning after you left. I woke up and it was Saturday morning, probably 645 in the morning. There were two fucking rednecks like screaming at each other. I'm guessing a boyfriend and girlfriend brother sister combination something like that but they were fucking out in their yard screaming at each other it sounded like they were in front of my window it was so loud so is a couple yelling yes. at each other having it out in the fucking yard and it sounded like it was a one of us is not living here anymore situation like they were working on that but they didn't do it like inside their apartment they didn't you know like weave and send angry texts at each other in the morning, everyone's asleep and they're having it out there. Also, you know how the the light in front of my door was burnt out? Yeah. So basically, while we were gone, apparently some pervert used that little space to hide from everyone. And then um, after he was caught, he kind of ran off and went around the building to where the laundromat, like in the center of the complex, and had taken his pants off and was showing his dick to <laughs> some woman who was walking by. What the fuck? He hid in front yeah. of your door? Yeah, but before that, he was apparently hiding, like, in, um, you know that little wall? Yeah, like there's a half that little wall. half wall, yeah. and then there's the wall that goes up, that kind of makes, like, a little entryway. He was hiding behind that wall, like, so people wouldn't see him. And also, he was flashing women... His penis. Yes. He was using that as a base of operation so that he could go flash women. So, <laughs> um, yikes. Okay. Well, yeah, it was pretty calm. Uh, the <laughs> worst we saw was that old lady who looked like that dog was being neglected a little bit. That was like the worst we saw. But, uh, wow. Okay. A <laughs> lot of action going on there. Yeah. Apparently, one of my neighbors. A lady in her 50s is the self-appointed neighborhood watch, and she's the one who told me about it. So apparently she's the one who saw the guy in my <laughs> in my doorway. The funny thing was she asked me if I had seen anybody like or had anybody in my you know entryway. And I was like, oh, my buddy was just here. It was probably him. And she's like, uh, no, I don't I don't think it was any friend of yours. <laughs> so I almost fucking like ratted you out as like the fucking <laughs> the pervert in the neighborhood. I hope the pervert is currently behind bars. Oh, that would be nice, but I doubt it. So, no. He's still flashing his penis to somebody, some poor unsuspecting woman. Yeah, apparently they called the cops, but he had already like left by then. So, after he was showing his dick to that woman, there was a few people who like called the cops on him. My next-door neighbor is actually a cop and uh, <laughs> he he was walking around like with his gun looking for him. So <laughs> couldn't find him, though. Not a good idea to be a pervert in uh, in Arizona where there's lots of firearms. Yeah, lots of firearms. Everybody has a has a fucking dog. Yeah. So, yeah. Not 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 good to have your dick out waving around when there's dogs <laughs> everywhere. So. All right. Well, that is your Arizona <laughs> report, Phil. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and you lead us into this week's episode. Yep. Getting done with the White Trash Chronicles. We are going to be touching back with 
kind of a you know reoccurring little story we talk about here. So this week we will be discussing a UFO sighting turned crash allegedly happening just one year after the incident in Roswell, New Mexico. This would take place in the neighboring state of Texas in the year 1948. Now, in many, many of the UFO sighting stories that Cody and I have made on this podcast, usually the biggest question at the end of the episode is, do you think that this story is real, fiction, or a complete hoax? And at the end of this episode, we will both be, of course, speculating on what we think happened in the desert that night. Though the difference with this particular story is that hardly anyone, not even the three ufologist investigation organizations involved in the uncovering of the tale, actually believed that this story is anything more than a hoax. Though it is a really good example of a, well, if it's not an alien, what the fuck is it? kind of story very true okay you have piqued my interest here um speaking of texas uh i was watching (laughs) the texas killing fields on netflix also very very good i've came to believe that the cops in texas at least in the 80s and 90s or probably even back then here didn't really care a whole lot about about anything about anything Anything that involved doing work. No, yeah. Um, Basically, well, I mean, anything, if you think of something as like happening in the 40s and 50s in in Texas, just imagine it happening 30 years later. So they are a little bit behind on the times usually. (laughs) I could see if this, obviously I don't know this story. Let's just say saucer of something, whatever. I'm sure they would just rationalize it as, you know, it's probably just a Nazi craft or it's just the German or it's just the, the Russians acting silly or I it's don't know. the Jews again. Yeah, it's the Jews coming. Down. <laughs> that's their words, not ours here. Yeah, um, that's what they think. Not yeah, us. yes. But uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's a different not all of Texas, obviously, but rural. Is this rural Texas? So I'm going to be getting into it um, in a little bit here. It. The the UFO sightings supposedly take place over the skies of Texas, and the crash happens just across the border with Mexico. Okay. So literally, like, right next to the Rio Grande, okay. supposedly. Well, as I was going to say, basically, is anywhere in the United States, I don't know if this goes for the rest of the world, but when you're in a rural area, they're a little bit behind the times, generally. Oh, definitely. Yeah, this this definitely happens out in the middle of the desert. OK, so, so we yep. know we've taken an adventure to New Mexico and southern Arizona. So we know the type of environment <laughs> we're dealing with here. Barren, sparse and yeah. backwards. Yes, yep, definitely. Yes. <laughs> now, on November 21st, 1980, a conglomeration of UFO research groups known as the Coalition of Concerned Ufologists made up of the Mutual Anomaly Research Center and Evaluation Network, MARSEN, the UFO Information Network, UFOIN, and the Ohio UFO Investigators League, OFOIL, wrote a paper that they had titled Alien Body Photos, an updated report, which highlighted information and photographs that they had received about an alien crash that had occurred on the Mexico border in July of 1948 with supposed photographic evidence of a charred alien body taken by government photographers who had been flown in from the White Sands Missile Test Site in New Mexico. Now, after an exchange of letters and photographs, the researchers would actually be sent a three-page typed story about the occurrence that had happened three decades prior. This was sent by the alleged government photographer that had actually been flown in to the site in Mexico from the White Sands in New Mexico. Okay, we obviously drove right by the White Sands missile test site. Okay, do you think it's weird? Okay, I'm sorry, I was mishearing you here. I was like, why did the government photographers take the body, but they just took the pictures? Okay, um, charred alien body. You know what's interesting? All these crashes, you never really hear about a burned body, do you? What I'm saying is, like, they're never burned. They're always, like, dead from, like, 
I guess what would be blunt force trauma from like, you know, if you're in a car accident, more or less, you're not. Oh, from from their UFO being sometimes shot out of the sky. Yeah, their body just being ricocheted all over the place. Not really burned. So this is already pretty interesting here. Yeah, this is a burnt out body that we're talking about today. All right. Now, according to the report on July 7th, 1948, early warning radar meant to spot enemy aircraft incursions over the United States airspace began tracking something entering the United States, either first around Washington State on the border with Canada, or possibly first being spotted near Albuquerque, New Mexico, depending on which article you read. Now, this was heading towards Texas at speeds of over 2,000 miles per hour. And once it had reached Texas, it actually would make a 90-degree turn south towards Mexico. This was when two fighter aircraft were sent supposedly to intercept and follow the unidentified craft, which, according to pilot reports, had begun wobbling in flight and making erratic turns. All of this before crash landing in the rural desert. So, okay, um, how would our fighter pilots in 1948 keep up with something that's going 2,000 miles an hour? Well, these fighter aircraft were supposedly jets, also, it doesn't say that they were necessarily like on this unidentified craft's tail. Also, this whole story has a lot of holes. In it. Okay. So All we're right. going to be talking about some of the holes. Uh, this is one of them. Um, also, kind of how this craft goes down, where exactly it goes down. There's a lot of holes in this story. So Gotcha. Okay. I just read something, actually. I think it was China. They're developing something... I can't remember what it was, if it was a craft or like a drone or something that could go, I think it was nine times the speed of sound. Um, Okay. That's pretty fast. Kind of like the movie Maverick that just came out. (laughs) He he was going like almost 10 times the speed of sound in that movie. Matt, I don't know if I've ever, is that the second uh, Top Gun? The new Top Gun that just came out, Top Gun Maverick. Gotcha. Okay. Right. At the start of that movie, he's in a uh, test. He's a test pilot, and he's in a basically a plane that he gets up to Mach ten before it, you know, basically broke over the you know in almost outer space, and he has to you know parachute in. But as far as we know, we don't have anything that fast, right? Oh God, no. Okay, no. Uh, not right. not unless it's out in fucking outer space. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. Um, in the atmosphere gotcha now there is now there is some dispute over what type of fighter that the aircrafts actually were and where they were based out of now some of the sites that i looked at said that the fighters had come out of dias air force and that they were f-94 starfire jets though that model of plane hadn't actually been put into use yet and wouldn't be put into use until 1949 so it's instead thought that perhaps they were P-80 shooting stars, which actually began flying in 1945 and were the predecessor to the F-94 Starfire jets. No matter what model of jet was used, the planes were said to have chased the much faster craft as it descended down to Earth. There's speculation also that the jets may have opened fire on the wavering craft as it neared Mexican airspace. Okay, wouldn't that be a big no-no, like shooting at something that close to the Mexican border? Well, you got to think, this was kind of in the Wild West of aerospace. Also, who knows what kind of like radar capabilities the Mexican military had at that time. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you do have some pictures here of the planes. I, yes. I got to say, though, and this might be controversial, um, I actually think the shooting star might look like a cooler plane than the modern jets just got a hey, controversial here well they are basically the same uh platform they're just it's one's just a little bit you know like kind of like the next model of it but so I- yeah the the p80 shooting star definitely does have that classic car look to it though it's a jet and not a, a prop plane I, it just, it looks cool. It looks intimidating. Maybe it's just because it's like, yeah, I guess to be vintage at this point, but um, it looks sweet. 
Yeah, kind of as you go more into the future of like fighter jets, they do get a lot less kind of like stylized, like the old planes used to look. So maybe it's just because of like Top Gun, but I feel like that, you know, obviously that's pretty much what jets look like nowadays, but it just feels so doesn't have any character. Oh, yeah, definitely. The like the fighter jets that are out now, like the F-35 and the F-22 are kind of like the newest, you know, kind of like what we have. Um, definitely, they're very sleek and there's not a lot of character to them. There's not, a, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a classic car kind of look. It's, no. you know, like a tank. It's like a flying tank more. So. Yeah, there's just so many of them and they all look the exact same. And it's just like. Come on, guys. It's uh, I mean, I guess they're not really worried about design, but or I mean, like aesthetics. But uh, you know, I f- I don't know this P eighty shooting star. Something it's got it's got character about it. Oh yeah, definitely. It looks a lot cooler. And yeah. I mean, probably you know the P the F ninety four um kind of looks more like it was a little bit bulkier. Kind of getting they're they're evolving their jet design too. Yeah. So. Yeah, obviously the Starfire is probably much better than the Shooting Star, but I just, I don't know, the Shooting Star that uh, is just singing to me. Yeah, it looks a lot nicer. It's, it's well, I'll put the pictures up on, you know, Instagram, but it does look a lot nicer. But getting back to the story. So at about 2.30 in the afternoon, the craft had disappeared from radar, and it was determined using radar triangulation that it had made landfall just inside the Mexican border, somewhere south of Laredo, Texas. Now, U.S. retrieval teams would be deployed to the area. The United States government would actually tell Mexican officials that an American special test vehicle had gone down during a test flight in Texas. This, according to the story, apparently worked, as the U.S. military response teams were not only given entry, into the country, but also supremacy over the crash site. Okay, well, this is a very believable thing that the United States would do. Oh, yeah, to lie about why they were there. They didn't want, you know, the Mexican government, if it was an alien craft, they're like, we can't let the Mexican government get that technology. We need that. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, rapport with every single country right after World War II was pretty high with the United States. They could probably get away with something like that. Nowadays, definitely not. No. They went, the, the door would be slammed shut on them. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. The military response teams allegedly descended upon the area and secured the site uh, within a couple of hours. They would find a fiery crash of a circular vehicle about 90 feet in diameter and 28 feet wide at the center, with the angles of the craft sloping down to about five feet wide at the edges. Now, all that remained of the craft was the metal hull, as the foil-like metallic skin of the craft had actually blown away in the crash and was strewn throughout the crash site. This was being collected by the recovery teams and loaded into the army transports pretty much right away. By the time that the government photographers had supposedly reached the scene at about 2.30 in the morning, this was 12 hours after the alleged crash, the alien craft was still smoldering, with the crash site being completely burnt out. The report said that the craft was of an unearthly shape though it was made of earthly materials, which is kind of one of the first weird things about this paper as it contradicts uh, a lot of what else it says. Okay. So this thing, if it was a UFO, must have something like, I don't know, some energy source, fuel source that is clearly very um, flammable or very... Uh, what would you, what was the word you would call for when something volatile. like volatile volatile? Yes. If it's yeah. burning after 12 hours, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. It kind of goes along with the theory that the United States fighters might have shot it down before it had got over Mexican airspace. Um, just for the fact that most of the time you hear about these kind of alien crafts crashing, they pretty much just, you know, 
dig into the ground and crash. They don't, you know, burst into flames like this one. If you, when we look at pictures of it, you'll see it's completely burnt out. But the interesting thing is if the metal hull was still intact, it's almost like how you were describing it, like um, the hull was like protected separately from the outside of the crash kind of thing. Yeah, so basically it was, you know, the inner um the inner structure and then the outer structure was like the skin of it. The skin of it had been blown off, but there was still this like metal um kind of like inside of it. Huh. Holding it all together. Okay. And I'll describe it a little bit. Okay. All right. Now, like I mentioned in the intro, the photographers had been flown in from White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico, first flying over the scene in order to take aerial photographs, then coming on site and supposedly taking about 40 pictures of the crash scene and the pilot's charred corpse. I mean, we got to remember, too, 1948, I mean, obviously, we can take 40 pictures on our cell phones in about two seconds. Um, Yeah. Their cameras were a lot older, probably a lot more focusing and all of that horseshit had to be they done. Probably, to take these- they probably had to read. They probably had to replace the flash bulb like yeah. every single time, knowing picture, knowing, knowing cameras from back then. So very true. Not quite Wild West. We had to have like the gun smoke thing, <laughs> but not that far off either. The large pan with the lithium just exploding. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, as far as the craft goes. The larger hull structure was supposedly made of two types of metal, both of which were very different from the craft's skin. Now, the first metal was completely unaffected by the oxyacetylene torches that had been used to try to cut the hull apart, though the second metal immediately melted once the flame of the torches was put against that metal. Also, found to be strange about the craft There was no wood, plastic, paper, or wiring found of any kind on the hull or on the crash site, though the alleged pictures of the craft's pilot that I'm about to show you actually do have wires surrounding its head. So that's one of the many contradictions that we're going to be talking about later. Honestly, knowing these people, they'd be shocked that there wasn't a crucifix, you know, (laughs) some or or a rosary somewhere in the fucking hall here. Um, so like the second one that melted when they put a flame against it, you know, we hear about like that liquid metal, kind of like that Terminator two style metal with aliens. Um, it's interesting. The first one didn't get affected by it, but the second one did, but also was smoldering for 12 hours. What was, (laughs) What part of it was smoldering if one of them can catch on fire and one can't? Well, apparently it was like the area was smoldering and whatever was inside the crack, it was all. So it was the area was on. Got you. Okay. I thought you meant like the craft itself was smoldering. Okay. This makes more sense then. But then again, there can't be that much vegetation out there. Well, yeah, there's vegetation out there, but it's. So basically just everything was on fire. It was just like an inferno around the craft. Kind of like, you know, when Jeff Bezos was born, probably a big ring of demonic fire just kind of engulfed him and his mother, Um, you know, kind of that type of thing. Yes. Hellfire, which is what powers Pittsburgh. Yes. (laughs) Now, as for the crew of this unidentified craft, there were rumors that there were two small crew members that had actually been thrown from the craft upon its impact and they had survived the fiery crash. Though there wasn't really a lot of evidence for this, uh, apparently like given in the three-page report. The bodies were said to have been retrieved from the site, though, and taken away to an American installation across from the U.S. border immediately. Now, there was, though, a third crew member that had been trapped inside of the burning wreckage. His body would be retrieved from inside the hull of the craft after it had been cracked open. 
The passenger was said to be about four foot six inches tall with a large head. And even though its eyes had been burnt out of its skull, the sockets were said to be very large and almond shaped, nearly wrapping around the pilot's skull. This was according to that three page letter. Okay, so very small man. Definitely not Danny DeVito. That was my first guess. Um, yeah, as short as Danny DeVito, but uh, obviously <laughs> not as round. Nothing no. is as short and round as Danny DeVito. <laughs> okay, so again, similar to Roswell, allegedly two of them are still alive. Yes, supposedly. Now, this was all uh, rumors, basically. Um, you know, the... You know, the whistleblower on this claimed that there was rumors that there were two other crew members that had been taken. So there's only photographic, supposed photographic evidence of the one crew member, the one that had been um, killed in the crash and burnt out. So is it possible these aliens were alive? They grew up in our society and they became became the Olsen twins, of course. (laughs) I was going to say became... Uh, Dick Cheney and Mitch McConnell, but I think the Olsen twins probably a closer thing or closer. Um, it could be who's the uh, the Thor guy? Doesn't he have a twin brother? Oh, he has a shit ton of brothers. Um, the guy, the guy who plays Thor. Yeah. I'm, oh, he could be cloned. Honestly, I know he has a <laughs> twin brother, and then he has like another brother who's not a twin. I think, and they all look exactly the same. Like, if I thought cloning you know, was being done under the table. Them three might've been the like first time it actually worked. The test subjects. Yeah. 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 That third brother. That's not at all famous. He was kind of like bad batch. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he, he, he wasn't quite as good, but he's still very attractive and he could probably lie that he is in fact one of the main guys and, you know, pick up chicks left and right or dudes. If that's oh, what I'm, he's into. I'm sure. I'm sure he gets laid plenty. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, he's probably still a pretty good looking guy and he knows the Helmsworth boys. Yes. So he's one of them. So the Australian but, okay. accent will get him too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that works every time. So right now, though, we're going to scroll down a little bit. Okay. And look at some of these pictures. Okay. And these pictures I am going to put on Instagram. So what so, is the first one here? So this is kind of where the alien in this particular story gets the name the tomato man. And it's because of this picture. Now, supposedly that is the alien's head right there. That circle. Okay. And the rest of his body. Now this is a like a super zoomed in kind of view. Supposedly the photographer was like kind of standing inside of the hull trying to get this picture. That's kind of why it's from a bad angle. I mean, it looks like his head Looks like a piece of, um, what's that candy? Ferrero Rocher. That's kind of what his head looks like. <laughs> the little hoity toity. Yeah. But no, I've never heard of that. It To me, it kind of looks like maybe, you know, like a bruised up cantaloupe or something like that. It's know? got like warts or something on it. Yeah. So all of this is probably from fire damage. This was supposedly an inferno. So, so if these wires or cables, I guess as they call them, are coming out of its head, does that lead us to believe in the drone thing that the the greys are drones? Well, so those wires, this is a very kind of like zoomed in photo. Not really sure. Those wires kind of look like they're hanging down from like outside of the picture. Oh, I see. They're not coming out of the head. They're just kind of hanging there. They're just laying down kind of on top of its head. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Because if it was a robot, it could definitely be a member of the Bezos family. Um, but I think you're right. Now that I look at it, you can see it casting a shadow over its head. Um, yeah. Okay. Not the yeah. best picture, but it's an interesting picture. No, it's not the best picture. And the next one I'm going to show you is even worse. So keep scrolling down. There's okay. a very large picture. Okay. The one with you can see people's feet. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, you can see people's feet. Now, supposedly this, I'm going to talk about a little bit later. Supposedly this photo was actually cut down to size. It was much larger before, but basically they cut it down and like focused mainly on the alien body. This was to protect the anonymity of the government workers that were kind of like surrounding this alien. Okay, I got to say the shape is a little hard to make out. 
Um, It looks to me like logs have been cut um, (laughs) and burnt. Is that what you're seeing? What's that? Is that what you're seeing? Like, where is these? Okay, you can obviously see the white part there, right? Um, And then the log coming down. Is that supposed to be part of the body? So basically everything in the middle there is supposed to be part of that charred out body. I mean, it does look like a dead animal, but I don't really see any distinguishing features like an alien being would have, especially a gray. Yeah, a lot of people have, well, those, we'll be talking about it a lot later, but a lot of people have a problem with this photograph just because the way it looks, it's not the best photograph taken, and also it doesn't really look like an alien is kind of the problem. No, I yeah. I don't see it. Um, you can obviously see how clear like the pant legs are, the boot is, but yes. in the main focus of the picture, you can't tell what the hell is going on here. Yeah, so this was basically taken after fire teams were able to get the body out of the smoldering wreck. They moved it over some t- to some vegetation that was kind of like off to the side, and this is where the picture this picture was taken after they had removed it from the the hull of the craft. I guess technically, if it was a raging inferno, you know, obviously we've watched enough true crime stuff. It was a burnt body, you know. It's kind of hard to tell what it is, you know, after a while. So maybe that's what's going on here. Yeah, possibly. Also, though, the problem oh, the problem that I have with this story is, like, you look at this, and you kind of see what's left of this supposed corpse, and then you get um, what this photographer claims that the autopsy doctors um, told him about the body. It doesn't really match up with kind of, like, what he claims of this body, so. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to uh, get to that point to hear what he says yeah and we're gonna get to that right now okay now that whistleblower the supposed photographer who had written the three-page report had also claimed that he was actually present for the alleged alien autopsy of the pilot which happened the next day by two on-site doctors reporting on basically the notes that the doctors had taken um, from what they observed from this alien pilot's corpse So this is taken directly from the three-page report, what I'm about to tell you. Okay. There was no teeth or tongue in the mouth and no apparent duct opening that the mouth to any part of the digestive system. There were no reproductive organs visible by human standards. No stratified muscle fiber was discovered in any of the extremities. They said that the bone structure in the extremities, too, was more complicated than that of a human's and speculated that motion may have been accomplished through the supporting bones instead of the muscles. The entire abdomen was encased by a rib-like structure all the way to the hips. The skin, which was gray in color, was extremely smooth and the doctors compared it to the consistency of a human female's breast tissue. Okay, that is quite smooth. Um, yeah. So they're kind of saying if you were to grab these, their whole body feels like a breast. Yeah, apparently. So kind of what I have a problem with, I mean, we're going to be getting into our problems with this whole story later on. Um, they they kind of talk about the tissue and its consistency, all of that. But then you look at the body and it's a completely burnt out corpse. Right. Could he? Yeah. I guess yeah. he, he couldn't be talking about the alive ones, right? No, he's talking about this is this is the autopsy of the the dead alien. Gotcha. Okay, the the burnt to a crisp one. Yeah the 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 thing about there being two other crew members was just supposedly a rumor. Gotcha. Okay, but okay, one other thing here: rib cage goes all the way to the hips, basically. Yes, which kind of I mean, if you really think about the depiction or portrayal of like the gray alien you always see them they don't really have like a smooth walking motion it's always kind of you know herky-jerky type motion so maybe that kind of makes sense with aliens i mean it'd be great if we had it because it would really protect your you know vital organs but uh (laughs) i guess you're not gonna be you're not gonna be winning any fucking marathons or having a good time (laughs) 
<laughs> if your fucking ribs went all the way. Very true. That is true. Yeah. So kind of moving on with uh, the rest of the autopsy, it was said that the hands each had four digits longer than human fingers, and they tapered almost to a claw-like appearance at the tip, though there were no thumb-like digits. There was no evidence of toes, and the feet actually came to a blunt point. The body appeared to have been clothed in a metallic-like material, most of which, though, had been burned away. The doctor said that there was no evidence of hair growing on the head or any other areas of the body that they found. They didn't find any evidence of hair roots at all. The only fluid found in the apparent vein was a colorless with a slight green cast fluid, which actually had a strong sulfuric type of odor. Apparently, the entire body smelled like sulfur. You know what's interesting about this? The depiction it reminds me a lot of Prince Philip. Um, just gonna sit, throw that out there. Number one, number two. Uh, what the sulfur smells interesting because they claim they s- smell that. I don't know if necessarily UFOs, but like um, alleged quote unquote hauntings and stuff like that. So I think that's an interesting thing. I don't know if there'd be any connection. But uh, I, that is an interesting thing. The green fluid, I don't know what the hell that could be. Yeah, well, I mean, there is a lot of whenever people talk about like when aliens are around, they kind of smell matchsticks. Yeah. So that kind of like sulfurous smell. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it, it's interesting. It, you know, I guess the description is more or less what we've heard about a gray alien, you know. Yeah, definitely kind of like there's always a lot of smells, you know, connected to paranormal events. Whenever ghosts are around or aliens, you kind of smell like that weird sulfuric smell. Maybe whenever Bigfoot's around, all you can smell is its fucking dick. Yeah. Kind of, you know, just horrible. (laughs) Fucking wet dog smell just stinks like shit. Yeah. Like if a wet dog and a fucking half rotted homeless person. And a yeah. baby. That's exactly <laughs> supposedly what it smells like. <laughs> now, none of this story actually leaked out in the slightest until the White Sands photographer had decided to reach out to the ufologist organizations three decades later. No other evidence of this story actually exists besides the three-page letter and its accompanying photographs, which apparently the photographer had secretly copied before handing the negatives over to the government officials. Now, also, weirdly enough, no other legitimate witnesses have come forward to verify this story. The location is very vague. It's also pretty vague on what happened to the pilot's corpse after the military trucks had taken the materials away from the crash, even kind of the time frame in which this happened. I mean, they obviously piggyback. I mean, if you think about it, in my mind, they piggybacked kind of on the Roswell. It happened about a year later, and, you know. I was going to say, a lot of the descriptions, very, very similar to Roswell. Oh, yeah, definitely. And just like Roswell, there's quite a few theories on what this might actually be. Roswell, the most famous UFO occurrence in the United States. This one, obviously, I hadn't heard about it until maybe two weeks ago. It kind of sounds like you've never heard of this, the Laredo incident. I feel like I might have, but I didn't know. I don't know any of the details. Yeah, it's pretty odd. Um, You would think I've watched a shit ton of stuff on UFOs. You would think I would have seen it um, before now, but we're going to kind of get into maybe some of the theory about this. Okay, let's hear some. Now, the pictures of the pilot were actually sent to Kodak for analysis. Uh, They were said to have not been the victim of any kind of forgery, though popular opinion still holds that the photographs are not of an extraterrestrial, Uh, though there are a few theories about what this strange photograph actually depicts. So according to Kodak, these pictures are real. It just, the question is, what is actually in the photo? I can't say it looks like an alien. Um, (laughs) It kind of (laughs) looks like, I mean, I don't know if you have an opinion but yeah it looks like some sort of an animal there i don't know what kind of an animal maybe it's burnt 
But to me, it looked like fucking logs or something sitting there. So the first thing I re- the first thing I thought of, um, I remember your dad had thrown a cow that had died into the fire pit, and it was like pretty much, you know, it was burnt, but it wasn't completely incinerated. It kind of reminded me of that. I don't even remember that, but I'm sure he did that. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it you know burning any sort of a corpse, um, like properly, like to get cremated requires I think it's like five thousand degrees or something. Um, oh, it's extremely hot. Yes. Yeah, for like to- a a long period of time. So burning it in an open fire, um, you know, would be. It would leave remnants, I guess. Oh, yeah. Leave the corpse behind. So you always hear about people who try to get away with murder, trying to burn the bodies. But you need, like you were talking about, you need a furnace situation. Yeah. Uh, they're basically, if you try to burn it, um, try to burn a body like in an open pit or kind of like a fire, just a regular like campfire situation, it's not going to work. No, like this. I mean, this is a little morbid here, um, but... So remember Paul Walker? Yes. So he died in like, I, you know, it was kind of a race car, I think. Um, obviously, race cars have higher octane fuel, burns hotter. And apparently, I haven't seen the pictures, but apparently there's pictures of him post-crash. You know, obviously the whole car was inflamed. And he's like, you can tell it's still him, but he's like melted to the seat. Um, so... Mm-hmm. If this was burning like a car was, you know, not necessarily super hot, but, you know, definitely hot enough to kill anything. I don't know. It still doesn't look like anything on the ground. So obviously we don't know what an alien looks like fire, but I wouldn't right immediately. I wouldn't the first picture, that one especially, I would not say that's an alien. No, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look like anything at all. That first picture. It kind of looks like a burnt out, like a, like if you took like a Nerf ball and set it on fire, that's kind of what it looks like. Kind of like crumpled up like that. You know, when I first saw it, the first thing that came to my mind was if someone was to take a zoomed in picture of the elephant foot at Chernobyl, um, that's what it reminds me of, like (laughs) old and just melted metal. That's what it reminds me of. Um, it It looks burnt obviously but it looks also like it's really old yeah if you just showed that picture to kind of like someone on the street and said what do you think that i doubt a burnt out alien body would be the first thing that they thought of yeah and you can't even like in that in that picture you can't even see because it's it's from the top view you can't even see like where its eyes or ears are and plus if that wire we're using that wire as a gauge for size the ball of the head is extremely tiny yeah Uh, as for what we think of like kind of like well even the description of like the large head like much larger than like would be on a human body of that size it's not that large no no because obviously a two-gauge wire um i'm sure everybody has seen one in a house before they're not that big so that compared to the size of the shape of the head is that head would be like, I don't know. Yeah, like a size of a Nerf ball. Yeah, pretty small. Yeah. Not uh, not very large at all. No. All right, so now we're actually going to get into the theories. So the first theory kind of states that this burnt-out corpse wasn't of an alien at all. It was actually of a monkey test pilot. Now, this monkey had been sent up in an early test rocket, which had been launched supposedly from the White Sands missiles. Now, the claims are that the monkey didn't even survive the launch of this just because we didn't really know how to send anything up in a rocket. And obviously, it didn't survive the crash. The rocket had went off course. It landed just outside the Texas border uh, where really it wasn't supposed to land at all. We actually have talked a couple of times about missile tests out of White Sands in previous episodes. Yeah. Yes, we have. So... Then if this is the case, then all the rest of the like fighter pilots being dispatched and stuff is completely irrelevant. I mean, it is. It would make sense if there was a rocket kind of just, you know, 
going off course and you know <laughs> weaving in the sky maybe fighters were launched to to go for that but that all kind of sounds like fluff just for the uh the article so the three page i feel you know, like I, I feel like they probably wouldn't try to hide that if it was just a monkey getting killed well i mean they were testing you know top secret rocket technology so you got to remember it's 1948 at this time they just got those german scientists over you know so they were they were basically building and testing all of this technology that they had brought over yes i suppose that is true um so this could have been old werner von braun and his virile energy rockets with a poor little monkey inside of it yeah exactly so i mean it is in one of the articles that i read they claimed it was a to basically kind of like taken from v2 technology and brought to america so it was basically a v2 rocket with a capsule that you know allowed for uh, a monkey to be strapped inside of it okay um what so is the picture supposed to be a burnt monkey then yes now the the second photograph um kind of the one where the corpse is on the ground uh there were uh ufology groups who claimed that you could see like hair basically appendages that kind of looked more like uh a monkey more than you know an alien or a human they claimed that you could see actually fur that had you know burnt out fur okay do do you see that at all because i don't no i don't see any of it at all okay no this is just one of the theories one of the theories okay um, yeah, I don't think it looks like a monkey, but I guess it looks closer than a monk looks closer to a monkey than it does an alien. So there's that. Yeah, exactly. Um, although, I mean, although I guess I could say first picture, the size of the head probably would fit closer to a Reese's monkey, um, in size to the wire. Yeah. So maybe that one goes along better with it. They didn't. I didn't really read much on this photograph with the whole monkey theory, but yeah, I guess I could see what you're saying. But I'm just saying like the skull size is basically all. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Now the second theory actually states that the pilot was actually just a very short human who was testing out a new prototype jet of some kind. And that these pictures really could have been taken from any location or any time, not necessarily during the UFO of the late 1940s now the evidence can be seen in the first photograph uh, with what actually looks like wireframe glasses next to the corpse's head and they are highlighted in that picture okay yeah okay i can kind of see that this would have to be a really small human to be in there if like that was the head yeah well that just kind of goes along with kind of the description of being a four foot six human so, I mean, okay, I I shouldn't say be past America to do human testing before anything, but um, I don't know. Is he trying? Okay, are these theories kind of trying to say it's either a misidentified thing or that they use the UFO thing to blanket what actually happened? Like if they killed a a human in this thing. Yeah, well, I mean, these are just kind of the theories. Um, So I usually go with kind of the, you know, the least likely first. First, And then I get the most likely. So this theory would be that it was all kind of like, you know, hushed up and, you know, shoved under the rug, basically. And then these photographs of a human test pilot that had been killed in a crash had leaked out. Gotcha. Okay. And then you, okay. And then it morphed into a UFO story or they just let it go along with that because of how big UFOs were at this time. Yeah. Possibly something like that. It's not really my, so I just, I just, I just read it on the internet, but it's, uh, yeah, it's basically just a theory is that this is a human test pilot and the pictures weren't necessarily, of you know any kind of unidentified craft it's that they you know came upon this craft you know after the failed test it's kind of where it's going okay gotcha i don't really buy that one but uh it's more 
plausible than the monkey, I think. Yeah, so that's what that's a track I get into. It's just going into the more and more plausible. Okay, what's the next most plausible then? So the third theory is that just like with Roswell, one of the leading Roswell theories is that it was um, kind of like a secret government program using balloons. Now, much like the one that was theorized in Roswell, New Mexico a year prior, uh, the pilot was actually just a dummy. And it was a, all a part of Project Mogul, which was meant to detect nuclear explosive tests, uh, kind of like through energy waves in the upper atmosphere. Though the project never really worked successfully. So basically, that's what this could have been. Leaker leaks these as an elaborate hoax to UFO people and convinces them this is an alien. Is that kind of what we're going with here? Yeah, so basically, the theory of this third theory kind of states that um, it was Project Mogul. It was just a balloon. But the supposed, you know, photographer, uh, the guy who basically spun this tale was using these pictures and claiming that they were actually of a UFO and a burnt out alien corpse. Okay. Um, yeah, I could see that. I don't think the burnt thing looks like a dummy, but I don't know. It's the pictures are so like unclear. <laughs> it's yeah, hard to exactly. tell what the fuck it is, but, uh. But yeah, I guess obviously more plausible again, like you said, than a real yeah, human I, I or spent, a monkey. Yeah, I spent about 15 minutes like zooming into this photograph, trying to figure out like what they were seeing, you know, with the, you know, some of the people were claiming that it was like a monkey corpse and there was fur on it. There were also kind of claims that it was just a dummy and you could kind of tell it's a dummy by looking at it. And to me, it just kind of looks like a crumpled up, you know, it does. It it looks like a really bad piece of modern art. That's yeah. kind of what I got from. It. Oh, yeah. Like you would you would see it at a fucking museum or one of those, you know, one of those like hoity toity fucking art exhibits. And it would have like a ninety thousand dollar price tag on. It. Oh, basically, it's, yeah. it, it's just a paper mache victim of fire. But, you know, it's supposed to mean something. And it's ninety thousand dollars. That kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, in, in without a doubt. Um, yeah, because you nobody understands it except for the person who made it, um, <laughs> and the people who have the money to waste on something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so far, all of these, I think, you know, what you alluded to in them, basically right off the top, that this is probably all bullshit. I think so far is kind of leading the way here. Yeah, you notice that none of my theories really are pilot. It's it's not uh it's just not a good story. Actually, um I kind of alluded to it, but a lot of the ufologist groups actually kind of claim that this is one of the really good evidences of maybe a possible hoax that they can kind of teach to the other investigators, you know, kind of as like uh you know, a subject matter type deal, trying to figure out like what's a hoax so that you can like figure out the real one. So I think if there would have been like reports of other people besides just the leaker, you know, seeing something in the sky on that day, or if yes. this was in Washington, like somebody in Washington saw lights and then somebody in Texas saw lights and then this came out, I think that would be more believable, kind of like how Roswell was. Yeah, or if there were some people who saw, you know, the vehicle going down, or maybe if there was some locals who had actually came upon the crash and kind of, you know, told their story, but people didn't really believe them. Something like that. Yeah. But it's almost as if no one looked up in the sky that day. No. Know? And this this thing either came from Washington State or from around like Albuquerque, depending on, you know, where you read from. And no one saw it except for the fighter pilots or claims to have seen it. And it's in there the, wasn't any civilian air agency or anything. And it's in know, the middle of the yet. day. And it's in the middle of the day, too. Yeah, it crashed at 2.30 in the afternoon. Like, New so. Mexicans aren't completely shit-faced by that time, generally. <laughs> so, or Texans, either. So, um... Texans maybe were a little drunk of Okay. But, you know. it. But they wouldn't have been drunk enough to not notice a bright light with fighter jets chasing after it 
Oh yeah, definitely. They would have. Yeah. I mean, we're going to kind of get into the, my favorite theories are uh, coming up and they're like, you know, the most plausible ones. Um, But yeah, really there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing at this that screams to you. It's real. Like I I wouldn't even give it to Neil deGrasse Tyson. 1%, you know, like on that scale, I wouldn't even give it a 1%. It's no. just not, it doesn't, I'm not feeling it, but yeah. Okay. Tell me, tell me some more theories here. Okay. So the last two, these are kind of the most obvious. The first one that this was maybe just a misinformation operation uh, set up by the government just to kind of maybe make the ufologists look foolish. Like, you know, if they would have taken the bait and ran with it, then everyone thought that they were, you know, crazy for actually believing this. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, if you if you put in one that's clearly fake, but they're looking into it, then it, it spreads a higher probability of discrediting all the other ones, like not necessarily within the group, but from people who are listening to them talk about these cases. Yeah. One bad apple spoils the bunch. That yes. sort of situation. Yes. Yeah. I could see them. <laughs> that one I could see them doing. Um, you know, not necessarily in this case in particular, but definitely in other ones, just to try to discredit everything they they look into. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so basically, that's the fourth one. Um, it's, you know, I like it a lot more than the other three, but this last one is, you know, the most obvious one. It, the fifth and final one is that this is really just a clever hoax brought on apparently you know there's this guy who is sending all these ufologists all of this you know fake information and he sends them a three-page story and some pictures and it's maybe to put one over on people maybe he thinks he's smarter than everyone else one of those types of people who you know thinks that they're just the most clever motherfucker on earth that sort of situation yeah i think i would go with that as my leading theory as well um yeah Obviously, they, the thing I think is interesting is clearly they're getting spammed with crazy people's stories. Um, this guy or girl just made it appear almost believable. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about it is, if it was a, a hoax, then they must have taken a lot of time to set up those photographs. Yeah. It's very odd. I, I do kind of... Obviously, I really like the fifth one. I do kind of like that the theory that these photographs maybe came from something real, just non-extraterrestrial, more terrestrial, you know, that these photographs are real. They're just happen to not be of an alien at all. I mean, I'm fairly certain that's probably what it is. But I do actually kind of like, even though it's the most far-fetched one, or maybe second most far-fetched one, uh, I do kind of like the the monkey idea that this is because if you look at the kind of the pictures it does that second picture does kind of look like a like a burnt out corpse so maybe if it was just kind of like an animal like test basically yeah i you know i could see that um it's it's just so hard to tell i think the listeners um either will have to google this themselves or look on the instagram feed to kind of look closer at the pictures and give a, you know, see if you can see anything for yourself. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, I don't and see if you, anything. If you Google image it, there's basically all sorts of, they blow up like that second picture. They blow up little pieces of it and kind of like, look at that. What supposedly is the hands. They look at what are like the joints and kind of like point out little things too. So there is that if you Google, if you Google image, um, kind of that, that photograph, you'll get a lot better, you know, they're still extremely hard to see. You're kind of wondering, like, what the fuck are they looking at? Because the closer you get to this thing, the the, the less it looks like a corpse to me, so. Yeah, when I first saw it, I I was looking at it, I'm like, am I supposed to be looking (laughs) at this black (laughs) thing right here, or is there something I'm missing, or what, you know? That's how I felt, but, um, yeah, I think the hoax is a leading theory as well. Um, Maybe, you know, it was sent in for nefarious purposes by a disinformation agent from the government. That's entirely possible. Uh, Yeah, I can't think of any other real 
possibilities it could be. Yeah, definitely um, not an alien, though. I I I feel zero percent that this could be an alien. But I mean, who knows? Maybe this is the the only real one there has been, and it just happens to be that there's no information on. It, hiding know? in plain sight. Yep, hiding in plain sight, right there for us. Well, this is an absolutely perfect episode for our listeners to give us feedback on what they think it is. Uh, like, if they want to say, where can they get a hold of us? They can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's great hearing from everybody, getting all the messages. Uh, Cody and I are also on Instagram. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, probably an even easier way is on our Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is sdpodphil. Cody, you have one? Yeah, you can follow me at Cody Zabub. Um, I don't use it too often. I I did post <laughs> how much I use Spotify today. That is uh, a hundred <laughs> over a hundred thousand minutes. So in the last year, so that's that's uh, seventy whole days, which is kind of crazy. You should look at yours as well. Um, but yeah, give me a follow there. Uh, last thing we ask you guys to do is to log on iTunes, leave the show a five star review. Doesn't matter really what you say. Just type whatever you want. Hit five stars. Hit submit. That's all you got to do. Thank you to everybody who's taking time to do that for us. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even easier. You literally just hit the five stars, hit submit, and that's it. No typing at all. Thank you to the multitude of people who've done that for us as well. Well, Phil, excellent episode. I really enjoyed it. Never heard. I've kind of heard about it, but not the real story. And now we are well informed about what is going on in this case. We'll see you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.